Oh, I don't even know what. That's a, that's a big confession right there. <laughs> that I listened to Jeff Yang. Um, yeah. So going you from that, that and then discovering Plan A. That's right. They call us Bruce. Yep. Listen to that every week. Like every time they release something new, I listen to it. So um, going from that to then discovering Plan A and starting to listen to Plan A, it was like a it was like a breath of fresh air. I'll tell you that. See just to let you know, I, I just started recording because I saw Teen join. So I can edit that hey, last part up. up. About you listening to they call us me Bruce, ripping if you want. ripping Jeff Yang. Uh, <laughs> no, no, you had, no. Even worse, you admitting that you listened to to they call us. Oh Bruce yeah, I, li- I did. I, I I saw that <laughs> podcast as the authority on everything Asian American. I I really oh, wow. did. Teen, are you are you getting this? Did you know this team? <laughs> well, yeah. No, this makes me feel good though because it's like. Um, I, you know, I, I probably would have felt the same way at a certain point in time earlier. I'm older than everyone, so I can handicap myself on that regard. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, in my time, it was like the giant robot stuff. And there was this whole like Southern California focused kind of Asian American culture that was all about vibes, you know, and uh, I think it's morphed into something a little bit more sinister, which I think might form some of the topics we discussed today. But um yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of feel the same way, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before we go, um, you're a woman of many identities, I guess. You, you were before on our pod as Pix, right? I go by Pix. And I know you've been calling me and that is my legal name. But I also don't go by my legal name in most uh, in most circles. So like whenever whenever someone calls me, it's usually because they're my parents or my siblings. Oh no. Or so like, like my coworkers. <laughs> yeah, when I talk about you with like others I, I always call you a Totorimuk just cuz that's your Twitter handle. So so what what do you want to go by on this pod? You know, I I feel like just for the sake of consistency, I like I go by Pix and I answer to to right. that as a nickname and so I think at the very beginning when I was starting to be very active on Twitter and like in my view, gain a little bit of visibility as to, and get some curiosity into, okay, who is this person? Um, I was really glad that I didn't go by my legal name, despite the fact that I later got doxxed. And now like, I think half of people know what my legal name actually is, but I still don't go by that mm-hmm. um, in my right. social circles. So um, I think just for the sake of continuity, Pix is fine. It's mm-hmm. not exactly the most like searchable name either. Uh, which I'm fine with too. I honestly never intended for my account to become some kind of widespread or influencer type thing. It was just me going on the internet to scream at the void in the middle of all the bullshit (laughs) that I was experiencing, you know, from 2020 onwards. Like I was on Twitter before that, but I mean, when I really started uh, tweeting like every single day was probably after mm-hmm. COVID happened. Which is when you said, uh, you know, when COVID is when you discovered us. Teen, remember when we started out, you you went by Five Alive and I went by Oxford. And um, I was I was telling pics about, because she was fearing she had some internet issues. I was like, maybe we have to go back to the good old days when, remember when we used to call each other, but then record each other uh, individually into Audacity. And then we yeah, would send yeah. somebody <laughs> the files. To it. Yeah, we did that for a while. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Well, cuz we 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 were too cheap to pay like the the $15 a month it would cost for a program like Zencaster, <laughs> which is great free now for some reason. Um Wait, but, so are yeah. we are we in the pod now or are we still just like I just started recording like 5 minutes okay. back, so um I think we can start soon. Welcome everyone, here's another episode of Escape from Plan A for you, and I've been really looking forward to this episode for a long time because we have a returning guest, uh, she hasn't been on for a while, but she is a good friend of ours, Pix, uh, also known as Totorimuk on Twitter. What's up, Pix? Hey, it's glad it's great to be on again. Uh, most people are going to know me from Twitter just because that's where I am every day, just you know, 
letting my just full uh, depravity show my stream of consciousness <laughs> and screaming into the void. So yeah, I'm totally on, on Twitter. Um, uh, but I go by pics. Uh, it's great to be here guys. You've moved right since the last time. Are you in a new city? I, now? I am. I'm in the Seattle area. Um, I was, I okay. was in Dallas, Texas and, um, yeah, just been that. a lifelong Texan. That's kind of where I'm from. Some people will pick up on the accent. Others will not, but I'm, now a former Texan. I don't and hear I an accent. In, you said you don't hear an accent. Teen, do you do you hear an accent? Like a Texan <laughs> accent? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's not really? a strong one, but I can. Yeah, it's a there's a regionalism to the to the uh, shape of the vowels, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Pix, you could have told me you were from anywhere between California and New York, and I probably would have believed you. It's uh, so, yeah. <laughs> it's whatever people want to hear. I think. Yo. There was Pigs, there was this guy. I was at a wedding recently, and there's this guy. Um, he's from New York. He's a Chinese dude, and he he he's been in Alabama for the past ten years. So I'm talking to him, and I said, "Hey, man, I really like the uh, I really like the accent." And he's like, "What accent?" <laughs> <laughs> he, had, he had no idea that he went deep south. He had no idea. Was he, he proud of it, or was he a bit dismayed? No, he was unaware. He didn't, I know, but he, after he found out, was he... No, we uh, dropped it. Like, we didn't revisit that topic. <laughs> okay. Because I wonder he how said, he feels. He just said... What, he, he, he literally went... No, he didn't. He was like, what accent? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, like because there, there are certain accents that people fake having because it, it brings up a certain social prestige. I'm not sure if an Alabama accent... Uh, I like yeah, that. I, 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 I like that he had it. I told him I was being honest. I was like, I think it fits you well. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of cool. It's different. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Yeah, I mean, definitely for um, for like an Asian, it would be yeah, quite a, a striking South contrast. Yeah. I used to date like a, a Vietnamese person that had a very thick Kentuckian accent uh, because he was raised in Louisville, oh, Kentucky. Kentucky. And his mm. his voice did not match his appearance. That's for sure. Like you just don't like when you see <laughs> a like an, an Asian man or a Vietnamese man. The last thing you expect is like this thick, very Kentuckian bluegrass sounding accent. Well, that's what he had. Yeah, it just really depends yeah. where you're. Amanda's from Kentucky, but um, she, she doesn't sound. Maybe she has an accent. I just don't know what it sounds like a Kentucky accent. But I think some people just yeah. fight it. They fight it, and they like. <laughs> You know, by any means necessary, you know, suppress that accent because they don't want it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Eliza Doolittle getting the <laughs> accent uh, cured from her. All right. Uh, so, Pigs, uh, as I said, I've been looking forward to this episode for a long time. Uh, not this particular episode, like the topic we'll talk about, which is that uh, Asian American disinformation a coloring book, as I like to describe it, that just came out. But we've been wanting to get you back on for a while because, you, you know, you always tweet interesting stuff. We could never find a time, and it was like you know what? What's like the, what's like the thing that will bring us all together? Then I think it was just a few days ago. Uh, this thing, uh, the full title, I will just pull up: Power Platforms and Politics. A lot of P's there, a lot of plosives. Asian Americans and disinformation. Uh, Asian American disinformation table, uh, co-authored by the National Council of Asian Pacific Americans. Uh, Oh, I guess it's just them. There's another little logo. Oh, they've here. got multiple uh, but, co-chairs, and um, you know, this oh, yeah, is backed we'll, by. We'll get to that. Yeah, all kinds of places. Uh, right, but this comes out, and we thought it was the perfect thing that would coalesce all the things we wanted to talk about into a tangible, central uh, topic. So, um, yeah, this thing comes out. Do any of you want to particularly just like give a quick run through? I want to do a very uh, deep dive into this because there's some real gold here worth uh, a panning but uh do you guys want to just keep, give our audience a quick rundown of, of what this is as far as i can tell it it's it's just uh stuff that they used to do but in the like as a google doc <laughs> and this time yeah. they put it into a pdf and then it there was a there was an nbc news asian american story by kimmy m that mm-hmm. kept referring to this study and everything in it was a finding by researchers Right. So, um, you know, like the, the subtitle, the, 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 uh, the subtitle was researchers highlight the men's rights Asians movement, the prevalence of casteism and social media aggregators of black on Asian crime as examples of bad actors. So it's just doing the Rumsfeld wash where you kind of like, you know, you you le- you 
put something out there and then you start reporting by citing to the thing that you reported, you know, you release. No, exactly. You cite yeah. yourself, basically. So I think they're just trying to um, take a lot of the stuff that they don't like. Um, they don't like the MR Asian stuff. They don't like the um, anti-affirmative action stuff. They don't like the pro-police stuff, you know, the hard, get, get hard on crime stuff. And so they've come out and sort of packaged it in, in, in the style of the times, I'd say, which is to call everything disinformation, vaguely suggest that there are sinister elements out there, sort of Russian troll far, factory type uh, efforts by these online, quote, movements to sow discord and, uh, you know, um, and, and seed misinformation or malinformation or whatever. And they have appointed themselves under these twin badges of the NCAPA, which I guess is like the NAACP, but for Asians, and the Disinformation Defense League. Um, I don't know if that's Marvel or DC. And they, <laughs> uh, you know, they're just trying to, I don't know what their idea, I, I think part of it was, I think they're starting to try and make money off this. I think they're, they're kind of, this was to me an extended sales pitch. Um, either to mainstream media outlets or left-leaning media outlets, or to um, or to the DNC itself, um, to do a little bit of ethnic surveillance and to say, you know, hey, we will be the watch. We could be the watchdog, you know, of you know any sort of like politically, you know, politically uh, tinged speech or ideas coming out in you know that's that's forming within Asian American communities, and we'll report to you on it. And we'll throw a big wet blanket over it, and you know, whatever. So that's yeah, that's and, how I read it. And yeah, and all the all the bad boys and bad girls of Asian America will wrap their knuckles with, with our rulers. Uh, but actually, another reason picks that we really wanted to have you on. Unlike any of us here, you had the distinct honor of being named in this report. <laughs> which, uh, uh, I mean, Tina, I asked you, like, were, were you disappointed or were you glad that we were exempt from this? And I was. I don't care about. It. I was actually kind of disappointed that they put her on there, especially for the part, specific tweet that they put her on. I don't. I didn't even. I thought it was a pretty good tweet. Um, it's it's sure all the way on, and, and I don't know tweet. if you guys actually um, took the time to read but, through. Yeah, you're, you're in it. I'm looking for it right now. It's oh, on oh, page we, thirty. I combed through this very it's page with thirty great detail. If so you, if you want to know, yeah, yeah I, I started I started reading through this study too because I'm like, shit. If they're going to, if they're going to actually screenshot my tweet. Um, are you guys able to hear me? All right. Hey, listeners. Um, Pigs are having some internet problems, so we may have to have these like little stops and starts, so please bear with us. Uh, I, th- I think Jen Fang's trying to, trying to hack our, our Zencaster, trying to stop this pod from coming out. But we were just talking about uh, Pigs. You got named in this report. Your your tweet was screenshotted. I'm sure they would just say you have like internalized misogyny or you're you're under like like Tina and I are pulling the puppet strings on you right now, making you say whatever. Uh, so uh, all that. But you said that uh, you want to take a like a deep dive into this. Well, I think Tina and I have done that uh, for better or for worse. Uh, so I do want to go through this thing uh, like page by page, at least the relevant parts. Because the, the surprising thing for me when I, when I read this was most of it, I would say, is actually about um, things like like Hindu nationalism in India, uh, you know, various uh, right wing movements in the Philippines, and and all that. But uh, like a narrow narrow sliver of it in the big scheme of things is about the kind of you know the kind of like second generation yellow Asian American, often like gender based squabbles. Yeah, and and not just East Asian, uh, but like a very particular type of kind of like upper class or upper class striving college educated. Uh, like East Asian slash Southeast Asian, um, you know, they're kind of like interpersonal squabbles that, that you often see on like Reddit. It's trying to tie that with a lot of this like geopolitical stuff and also uh, domestic political fights that are more uh, like substantial, like say affirmative action or, uh, you know, police action or, and, you know, violence against Asians. So it seems like a very like quid pro quo type of uh, assembly where it's like, I think certain groups saying, all right, you like I think the the East Asians have we have the numbers 
and we have kind of the the established identity because uh, you know compared to say South Asians, we've been here like a tad bit longer. And when people think Asian, they think of like a like a yellow face. So we have that, but the the South Asians, especially when you talk about things like you know oppression of farmers and the and the Dalit in in India, uh, Dalit is an, is an over for untouchables. Pardon me if I'm saying that word wrong, listeners. Uh, but uh, I'll just say untouchables because everyone knows what that means. That has the moral heft. That has the moral credibility to to lend the um, the substance to a lot of the the pettier. I think uh, the second generation yellow issues. Uh, Teen, can you hear us? You, you haven't said anything in a while, uh, so I'm just no, I'm just listening to you guys. Uh, listen, I'm just listening. All right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad glad you're there. I'm here. All right. So how about we we go through this starting from from page one, and then uh, I'm sure we'll be able to find a lot of funny little things to to critique so all right so i'll I'll start it off first thing first page it says disinformation is not just about lies it is about power and i think i think this ties into to another key a page i will get to later where there's a part where they pretty much say okay you know what there are certain facts out there that are true but you know what uh don't pay attention to them because we don't like them basically i, I think teen you were you well, forward th- there's this a there's me, a right? thing on this page that i don't understand and 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 a lot of times these things do tell on themselves uh disinformation exposes frictions fault lines and tensions within and across our various diaspora communities isn't that good don't we want to expose frictions don't we want to see the fault lines and tensions don't we want to know about them and is so I don't know if disinformation is exposing frictions, fault lines, and tensions. Then have at it. What? What is? Why should we hide that? So I think there, there, there are things that you know, and they're sort of like, and and I think it's important to do this because not just because you know I want to like, um, you know, undermine this pamphlet or whatever, but I do think that it is a Which summary should, of how it should. But I do think it is a play. It is you know, it's sort of the playbook now. Um, and I think it will be the future because, I mean, Asian America is not a negligible political entity anymore. You know, we're talking about 20 plus million people. So they're getting more and more serious about how to surveil and how to propagandize towards Asian American voters to ensure that we'll, you know, we'll continue voting and uh, pushing narratives in, in a way that favors, um, you know, the status quo. And I guess, you know, whoever's going to bid on their services. And, 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 and so when I see this, when I see something like exposes frictions and tensions, like, I, I always thought that that was the point a lot of, the, am I, am I wrong in thinking this? But, you know, like. Well, well the thing that st- struck me about that whole thing is that disinformation, the word conveys a sense that it's wrong because it's untrue. But they say things like, Okay, something can be true, but um, if it's out of context, by which they mean facts inconvenient to their narrative or ideology. And they cite uh, education statistics. I don't know if they mean, for instance, uh, the plain old fact that, you know, uh, a lot of whether it's like colleges or high schools do discriminate against Asians when we apply. Or if, if they're saying that, for example, the high rate of, you know, Asian American education achievement conveys a false sense of, uh, you know, Asian intellectual superiority. I'm not quite sure what they're getting. I think it was the former more than the latter. But they're saying, no, 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 the problem with disinformation is not that things aren't true. It's that it's, it goes against what we want to preach. That was very revealing to me. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that, um, you know, and I've thought about this a lot, right? And I think that at bottom, one of my core disagreements with this kind of approach is that fundamentally they are actually holding um, sort of like this idea of Asian and ethnic solidarity up as a value, whereas I actually don't feel that way because I think that there are built-in internal divides and hierarchies, and I don't really think that ethnicity is one of them. I think that – or nationality uh, or really identity. I think there's a class – there's a large class component to this division and I, I prefer not to paper over it because every time we paper over it, we are, um, we are 
taking a sort of ruling elite position on things and 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 sort of forcing that issue onto uh, uh, onto most Asian people uh, to whom this doesn't inure benefit. And I think that uh, this is the playbook that we're looking at is like, like you said, it doesn't matter if it's true or false, but if it causes tension, if it cause, if it exploits internal divides within the Asian community, then it is problematic. And I think the fact that say, for example, um, affirmative action, you know, they're just saying like, look, if you're anti-affirmative action, if you're against it, that's disinformation. How's that disinformation? <laughs> that's just an opinion. That's, I mean, I'm not saying you have to be against it, but some people are against it and some people are for it. It's, right, saying, on, it's right on page take, seven, right? And it, page seven says... It, it literally says it. Information yeah. that may be factually correct, such as education <laughs> statistics, may be placed in context to produce nationalistic, racist, and casteist statements, sentiments, and ideologies. And the, and the, the Asian American yeah. conservatives, by it's the disturbing. way, were just laughing about this. Um, they were just just raking this over the coals on on Twitter, like Lee Fang and Wes Yang, who was, by the way, also screenshotted. Well, they were having a ball. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's, okay. Disagree with us. It, you know, engage with what we're saying. Whatever. You know, if you if you disagree, com- provide something compelling. Give us sources, statistics. But this is cowardly just to to take what we're saying and and call it disinformation that's that's just pathetic you don't have anything to back that not, up not only to, not not only to not only to um is it pathetic but it's it's also just lobbing softballs at people like Li Fang and Wes Yang to just knock it out of the park because I'm like unfortunately in this case I agree with these guys and these guys <laughs> do have quote problematic narratives but they're much more sophisticated than what's going on here <laughs> so you're just like making these guys look smart you know what I mean? Uh, right. I Tina, I want to add a little uh, twist to what you said, where you said they yeah. think all um, like dissension and discord within like the Asian American community is bad. No, no, no. They love it if it is in their favor. Because they're, I mean, what is this going to do to like the Asian American community where they're essentially advocating for, um, you know, I guess it also struck me as, as, as kind of like a, hey, you know, Silicon Valley firms, uh, y- you want to, you know, stamp out you know, uh, WeChat or Kakao or Line or any of these things, you, you want a piece of that action, come to us. We know how to, we know how to appeal to, to these people. And so it's like, it's obviously going to uh, cause discord in that sense, but it's going to be good for their um, profits and clout or whatever. So that's, that's the good kind of discord. Um, so, okay. In the, in the next page, go see acknowledgements. I, I just noted certain things I saw, you know, Chinese for affirmative action, obviously, group like that's going to become a but i thought the funniest thing was there's a group called university of massachusetts amherst fact champ team <laughs> wait what? I, I will have to ask you if, if you were what, if you so were wait, at this, what was it called the university of massachusetts amherst fact champ team fact champ oh, okay yeah possibly the only group that would make like an academic bowl team look badass and sexy but if you were at the school and, and the fact champ team was throwing a party would you attend Fact. Che- I still don't know what that is. <laughs> they're they're like a fact checked org. I oh, assume. Okay. I don't know if they're students at the school or they're, they're um, mm. I don't know, sponsored by this university. But and it's all capitalized for some reason. I don't know if, if it's like an acronym. Um, that that's a really long acronym. They must have really strained the muscle trying to fit words to fit it. But it's just like, come on. I think I think there is a I think there is a general trend where it's like or general uh, tendency where. Like the thinner the herd, the more they start to put up these organizational puppets to make it look like they have like this like huge institutional base when it's like six people. And you know how they like who was it that was pointing out like the people that they were citing and it was like the same it was Lauren Circle and Celeste. That was you and Oh, it was me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Look, it's the same." Team, you have Alzheimer's. Again. You're too young. You're too young to. <laughs> no, no, to no, no. I sent that to you, but someone else sent that to me. Oh, okay, and, all right. And I was like, "Yeah, it's the same people." You know, it's like <laughs> no, no. That page is so funny, but I want to save it until we actually get to it, uh, because I mean, th- this thing's a comedy in in all sorts of ways, uh, but. I was going to say, like, okay, so this whole disinformation thing. Somebody, I don't know who, maybe it was on Reddit or Twitter, pointed out that. Disinformation as an idea is essentially the the shit lib version of MAGA's fake news. It's the same 
just like thought terminating cliche where you, you just say it to, to ward off any kind of thing you don't like. And disinformation already was like deeply lame, definitely by like January 6th of 2021 when, when the, the Capitol Hill riots uh, happened. And for Asian Americans to now in like August of 2022 to come to this party, be like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, us too, us too. We're in the disinformation. It's just yeah, ex- exactly. it's so it Asian American to always be <laughs> way, way too late the curve. for the trend. Way you're you're the wearing curve. like bell bottoms in like 1988. You're you're way too late to the party. It doesn't work. This doesn't. You know what? The the reason they do this is because like media organizations don't want to answer tough questions anymore. They don't want to actually follow the you know uh, any story to its logical conclusion, right? So they just tag disinformation on any inconvenient narrative and then the point of disinformation is that there is a you know there is some bad actor behind it well you know if you, you know, go and look a, up the the the, the definition the d- dictionary definition for disinformation it is propaganda that's issued by a government organization typically so all of these things all these these sentiments that they disagree with the anti-affirmative action what whatever um, what government organization is is pushing this? It, they're acting as though all of these things are being s- somehow centrally controlled by this, you know, nefarious shadow organization that's aiming to basically sow divisions among the Asian American community. Um, and they, what what government? What organization? They never specify. Oh, I, I, well, I think that the reason they they start saying this stuff is because it, they're it's a lot of this stuff tells on itself. And everything that they're sort of accusing, like it's a sales pitch. It's basically saying, look, we need to get engage in disinformation because they're engaging in disinformation. You see what I'm saying? And so they're really selling. I mean, like there's literally um, a part in here that is basically saying, like, look, we have a sort of like surveillance platform that we will be able to do what they call media monitoring and they said, uh, for example, we use Meltwater, which is a social listening tool that is able to examine content from across social media platforms, fr- ranging from Facebook to Weibo, right? They said, we use CrowdTangle, which analyzes and examines limited public comment uh, content and engagement across meta platforms, Twitter and Reddit. So there, it's a lot of this is weird. I think that they are proposing that they become a sort of surveillance slash disinformation out like you know operation is, oh, it is gets what it sounds very like sinister so, yeah it starts getting really yeah. sinister when they start talking about that and it combined with the their repeated references to quote unquote chinese imperialism and the chinese communist party ccp um you know, enacting authoritarian politics and state violence. Um, you know, it's it's just mentioned as, as an aside, but I couldn't help but notice those repeated, you know, call-outs throughout the document that the, these these guys are claiming to be left-leaning, but they're pretty anti-communist or at the very least a- anti-China. Um, and they're just not even trying very hard to hide that. No, I think they're, I think they're just like this pamphlet is like look we are whatever you need us to be (laughs) and i think that they're looking i mean none of it makes sense i mean it's all self-contradictory i mean there's there's pro-communist takes in it there's anti-communist takes in it too right i think there's something in here that says anti-communist anti-socialist narratives are problematic as are anti-affirmative action and claims of quote reverse racism none of this is like ideologically you know consistent in any way but i think what they're yeah, it's totally incoherent. I don't think they give a shit because it's basically like it's a it's a sales pitch. It's like, look, whatever you want. You, like, what do you what do you want us to look for? You want us to look for CCP spies? Sure, we could do it. You know, you know like, what I just realized this this thing is the equivalent of that Asian restaurant. It's like you want pho, we got it on the menu. You want a sushi, yeah. we got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you want adobo, we got that. Prugogi, yeah. hot pot, yeah. whatever. We do, We're we a one-stop tacos. shop for all things Asian. Fusion um, propaganda. Actually, Pix, Pix, I'm very glad you brought up that idea of like, well, which government is doing it. I, I was, and, and you alluded to it. I, I do think that they, they are leading down this very obvious path where they're going to blame every basically everything on China. Where it's like, okay, you know, China is 
it, this WeChat business, this TikTok thing, and hell, even even the MRA agents. <laughs> it's all China. Uh, Xi Jinping uh, is the moderator. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, it's going to it's, it's fit uh, perfectly because that's what the Democrats uh, are are you know hankering about. So. Anyway, uh, and and I also wanted to point out that the word they used, you know, meltwater, crowd tangle, social listening tools. Yeah. <laughs> now, if that's not nefarious, I don't know what is. That is yeah. very just bleak. Well, and... is that as nefarious as MR Asian movement? You know what I mean? Well, like see, MR Asian is <laughs> silly, though. It, it's just No, it is. Now. But I'm saying, like, they're trying to set up this, like, you know, <laughs> scary cabal of Chinese right wing toxic men. You know, and uh, and and high caste Hindu nationalist, you know, uh, uh, you know, chauvinists, and and it it is really playing into this like, it, it, I feel like this is a really well done sales sales stack. You know, it's a pitch book, and it's like, look, Asian, there's like a foreign crazy right wing element here, and they're they're all over Chinese social media, and none of you are like know how to like search that stuff, and we do we know how to do it. We got tools, social media listening tools, and we're gonna we're gonna go in and find out. You know, like where 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 are these Chinese right wingers that are you know, and, and I think this is a particularly opportune time because like look what happened to uh look what happened to to Chesa Boudin and the school the school uh, board members in San Francisco. This is a time when they are maybe a little worried that like, no, exactly. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Like maybe these uh, non-white voters are not so- like this follows right on the heels of suddenly, you know, poll after poll coming out, showing that uh, Hispanic voters are like leaving the democratic party and right behind them are Asian Americans. And so this is a really good time, I think to be selling a service like this going like, wait, maybe we can't take them for granted. Maybe we have to start spying on these motherfuckers, you know. So, one thing I am glad, I, as um, as quite frankly, like as just really terrifying as that sounds, uh, of these people who used to be just merely annoying, now allying with some kind of like liberal surveillance state. One thing I do like about this report is I think it clearly. Uh, establishes what the lines are. Whereas before, it was more like, yeah, these are these, you know, these like unresolved childhood issues that everyone's just like, you know, squabbling about on on Reddit or Facebook or whatever. But now they are really allying themselves with this whole like disinformation, a democratic machine, which is really, really unpopular. It is very, I mean, it is very popular simply because it is one of the two major parties. So they are going to make a lot of allies with this, but they're also going to make a ton of enemies. And when I saw someone like Lee Fang throw himself into this, I was just thinking like, because like, you know, the whole like MR Asian thing, to me, this, it felt like it was attached as, as kind of like a, like a, a rider to a, a bigger bill, you know, when, when some, yeah. some, you know, some uh, alderman from some small town or, or state tries to get his like little pork you know, barrel spending attached to like like a bigger bill. That's what it felt like. Because the the thing that really uh, gives this significance is the stuff about like Hindu nationalists or affirmative action or or the police action slash uh, anti Asian violence kind of thing. And I really do want to get to it. The, the hilarious I mean, the, pages the where, South, where the like, South Asian issues that are sort of scattered around this article just really seem out of place like i can't i can't right. say yeah, that enough they do it they don't fit with any of the other content it's like but but they they really try to shoehorn it in there like for example page 19 uh basically talks about how specifically second generation asian american men are anti-feminist misogynist uh transphobic queerphobic like it says all of this with with no citation given for this claim um and it it's it only singles out second generation asian american men and then they go on to say that they they bring in some 25 percent of facebook posts were queerphobic 12 percent of posts uh, made rape jokes and then the citation they gave for that was a Facebook India report. So this is a a report. I'm so glad you saw that. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Because I saw that too. What the hell? I saw that too because it's so disingenuous because the, the way they frame it, so they say, okay, there's been this alarming rise 
in misogyny among second generation Asian American men, by which you know they know that anybody who sees this will think like yellow Asian men, like you know right. teen teen and me. In uh, the next sentence is like uh, basically says Equality Labs, which is actually an organization, a South Asian organization uh, dedicated to the the status of. Uh, you know, raising the protection of uh, untouchables in India, which I'm not South Asian, so I, I don't really know that business. But, you know, just from a very uh, arm's length view, seems like a very worthy goal. Uh, maybe some South Asian American can tell me, I know there's a lot of fuckery going on with that as well. But, uh, you know, Equality Labs, that's what they're about. It, it really has nothing to do with this uh, stupid, like, MRAsian business. Right. But then, um, yeah, they cite to this study, which I clicked on. It's about Facebook India, and a lot of the like, uh, you know, Islamophobic, um, anti, whatever, Sikh or you know any non-Hindu religion with, with the whole like a Modi Hindu nationalist movement going on in India. I'm like, that is so just, just fucked up because it's such a lazy, that has nothing to do with what you said. Right? It's a no, totally it's not lazy. It's deliberate because they have no right. No, no uh, you're right to call it out, but it's not lazy. It's deliberate. I actually think that. Some of the um, South Asian Indian content in here is actually pretty good, and I think on page twenty two, so the, dis- yeah. the yeah, the discussion about the suppression of the farm pro- the farmers' protests in India was a major issue, and I even right. noticed like these were the largest protests in history, in history, like like just pure full stop, and you never saw it on the news in the U.S. So this is a real problem. No, this and is a legitimate topic right. to talk about. But once once again, a totally. completely scattered approach of just shoehorning that into an article that they're clearly trying to make about a- Asian-American misogyny or whatever, or a propaganda from MR Asians. And why would you shoehorn something happening all the way over in India between farmers and the government? Where in this narrative does this fit? It, it's just you're trying to be I, inclusive. I, 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 that's it. I think it's exactly that. I think this is they're suffering from the exact same thing that they they were pointing out, which is, is a problem, is that they're they're basically saying like, okay, let let's get some like Indian South Asian um, you know observers and, and and activists in here, and then we'll throw a couple like you know Chinese American or Korean American, or we'll throw a couple Southeast Asian, and then and then we'll have a nice representation of all those issues, and look. I don't think that that's a really good filter because I think whoever got in from the South Asian Indian side brought some real shit to the table and they were saying stuff like technology companies in America were fully complicit in the censorship of the farmers protests. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a real problem, mm-hmm. right? Like the, the, the complicity of Twitter to take down tweets that were, that were, uh, you know, mentioning these farmers protests, that's a real problem. And so whoever got in from like the Indian rep side on this brought some real shit. And then we get to whoever was writing the stuff about the MRAsian stuff <laughs> and it's like total crap. And so I don't know. It's just unfortunate because I thought like, yo, there is good content. I'll go one step further. It's not just about inclusivity. It's uh, it is this quid pro quo in that uh, the yellow Asian Americans, we have the numbers, we have the the kind of recognition as the face of Asian America. That's what we have. The problem is a lot of our issues are fucking stupid in, <laughs> in the big scheme of things. When you compare it to, I don't know, the fact that maybe like half of India could be wiped out because of floods, you know, based on like, like a corrupt government, pale that in comparison to like some insecure, uh, like, I don't know, some media class Asian American woman who always felt ugly compared to a white girl or something. That is... <laughs> Like in 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 terms of like the the representation of our issues in in, a, in this kind of like activist space, that is what amounts to like yellow Asian American issues, and it's so silly. Which is why they need to recruit the the moral credibility of of the South Asians. And, and I'll point to this hilarious paragraph entitled "Online Harassment, Fake Accounts, and Trolls," where they're saying, uh, you know, just like the problem of of all this, and it says. For example, actors seeking to preserve power, examples, dominant caste Hindu nationalists, obviously like a real issue, wealthy Chinese right-wing actors, again, that, that is a real issue, and Asian men's rights activists, like, oh, okay, that, that, that seems to be, you know, what, like a bunch of like angry losers on Reddit or something, I don't know, uh, will target organizers from minoritized backgrounds, example, Dalit 
another word for untouchables and caste oppressed organizers. Like, okay, legit problem. And Asian American feminists. Okay, which one of those two things does not belong in that group of things? It's the the MR Asians and the Asian American feminists. It is a completely separated issue. But of course, uh, the Kimmy Yams and the, and the Jen Fangs and the Celeste Ings, what they want to talk about is the, is the minor inconvenience of their uh, upper class lives that uh, some people on Reddit and help. May, you and me, teen, when we write articles on planning or tweet stuff, I'm sure it ruffles their feathers. They want to equate that to the, to the sufferings of uh, farmers getting flooded in India. And they know it's full of shit by itself. So that's why they, they got to you know, tack it onto a report like this. A hundred percent. Asian men's rights activists, that's the real threat. They're, they're a powerful cabal. It's pathetic. MRHs are fucking pathetic. They're, we all know it. They're, they're like- so powerful. <laughs> and they're trying to target these poor, oppressed Asian-American feminists like Kimmy Yam and, uh, and, and Jen Fang. That's what's really going on. Right, right. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's really silly. What I find interesting, uh, I think this is also um, – very much a battle for like who is on the, properly representing the left because have you noticed that there's not any mention of actual openly right wing Asian Americans like there like no nowhere does it mention Gordon <laughs> Chang nowhere does it mention I, Melissa Chen I did see right? Andy Go mentioned oh that's, okay I, like I, the I one guy it. right but it was like one sentence yeah yeah but like but there you have like people who are appearing on like like on Fox news, right. They're appearing on like Joe Rogan and they're advocating for just, you know, straight up fucking war or, or whatever. And no one's no, no point are any of these people with massive followings and exposures uh, mentioned, but they got Pix's tweet here. Uh, because why? Because I think that they are more concerned, much more concerned about the, uh, the, potential that someone other than themselves would represent like a left Asian political disc- like na- discourse right and so that's why they have this whole thing of and 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 uh picks you appear on this page where the to- where the topic is unpacking the term boba liberal and it said that <laughs> oh, that was it, so it, good that was so good yeah and it said that you know it first emerged as a leftist critique of shallow uh and of shallow and consumption-oriented political identity among Asian progressives that seems progressive on the surface but is actually centrist and mainstream. However, and I think that this got them really self sort of, uh, you know, a little bit, it, 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 I think it tweaked them a little bit. However, the critiques of boba liberalism as white adjacent have been used to advance a conservative pro-Asian agenda that boba liberals are Asians that are quote race traders and don't care about Asian issues I don't even know what that means but I think that you're just seeing how they're like you're not really left you're a right winger us boba liberals we're actually the real left or whatever I don't know either what this is about but I think that they are concerned that it's down to like a handful of them now you know that's why they're starting to become more institutionalized and they're calling them themselves the defense league and all this shit but I, I really think it's it's down to like like one Slack chat out there, and and you know like people are quitting left and right, and and they're mad because I think more people are following you, more people are following other Asian people on Twitter who are just not having this shit. They're just saying their mind. They're just being like, uh, they're 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 not saying stuff that is trying to package other Asian people for delivery to the Democratic Party. And they're in, they are, in a way, revealing tensions and fault lines within the community because they're real. And they don't like that because they're, they're just like, then what are we? We are these boba liberals, these centrists, these shallow, consumption-oriented people. I'm like, yeah, but that's what you've always been. I don't, like, I'm sorry if that offends you, but that is actually what you are. Right. So, yeah, somebody in our... Discord did some digging and found that there there was like some like George Soros linked thing one of the sponsors of this or whatever I, I forgot what it was called I think it was like the like the media something center or whatever but I will I will say this that at, at a time when these this crowd seems to be getting more institutional support and mainstream acceptance it also happens to be at a time when that very thing like institutions and the establishment 
is weaker than ever, more hated than ever, and it's never been way more acceptable uh, to not to just openly say like I, I as a non-conservative say something like I fucking hate the Democrats. Picks. I don't know about you, but like me, like five years ago, I never would have dared say that because I thought, you know what, uh, as problems they have, you know, but you know, mainstream liberals and Democrats, you know, they're, they're looking out for me, so I'm going to look out for them. They have my interests at heart. Whereas now. I'm like fuck that. I, just, I, I can't. I'm like embarrassed uh, about all the things I thought about back then. Uh, what about you? Ha- have you had like a similar evolution, or even back then, were you were you wise enough to be like, this is full of shit? <laughs> I, I no, I had the same exact arc as you, and and really, I mean, I I've always kind of been politically involved, but I would probably have called myself a mainstream liberal Democrat um, until about mm, like say twenty. 2018, uh, I, I'd say after the Standing Rock protests in 2016, I sort of had my little bit of a turn, my heel turn, if you will, uh, whenever I, I started thinking, you know what, you know, the, the Democrats are, they're, they're the good guys, but gosh, they really suck at getting things done um, and and actually and actually helping people like they say that they're going to do. And then... That, that was the pipeline protest? Yeah, the pipeline protest. It, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and, and so, and so I, I just thought, you know, the reaching across the aisle, um, all of that, that, that we've been trying to do um, in, in the organization that I was a part of, that's not really going to work uh, like the way I thought it was, that these people can't be reasoned with. And then later on, it was the realization that actually the, maybe the Democrats kind of want it that way. They, they need this weird little equilibrium in the system where they're constantly under threat so that they have some kind of legitimacy uh, see to exist. Meanwhile, they're in the corporate pockets uh, just as much as the Republicans are. Um, and so it's this false dichotomy that they want to present to any and every voter to say, hey, we're the only we're the only choice you got and we're the best choice. Um, you know, where we might not be very powerful, but we're the ones fighting for you. And that's that's really, I think, the position of the people who published this article. They have a whole page about how we got to get Asian Americans out there to vote, but obviously to vote for you know the correct party, not not right wing, but you know vote voting voting for the left, which is the mainstream Democrats. It's implied. It's all over. Um, you know, this document, but it's very heavily implied that essentially we got to we got to get on this so we can get Asian Americans voting Democrat again. Uh, Picks, as online as you are, I'm sure you've heard of the term VOTEP. Do you know what? Have you heard of that term? VOTEP? Is that yeah. is that like is that like HOTEP? But yeah, yeah it, it's used by it, I, I think it's it mainly used by black people who are very skeptical of Democrats. It, it's a play on HOTEP. But it, it, they make fun of, of black people who are just obsessed with voting and think that voter drives are the solution to everything. I, I, I thought that was a very clever little play on words. We got to come with an Asian American equivalent to that. But um, I, I, I think you're right, Chris. I think that um, I, there's there's a whole I've mentioned this before. Like, I, I think that by the time you get Asian Americans on the bus, that the buses jump the shark and like you're the last one on there. Like. I do think that this thing is a very jump the shark kind of. I mean, the whole it's just painfully ridiculous. Like any self respecting journalist who isn't, you know, super prejudiced about and and emotionally entangled uh, in these topics the way that apparently some of these people um, who wrote this are, you know, they look at this from the outside and they're just like, this whole document's ridiculous, right? And it kind of reminds me in a way of, um, I, I I think like. With me too. Did you notice? Was it me, or did the whole thing start to pivot a bit uh, when Aziz Ansari became got accused? Uh, yeah, definitely. People are like, it, "Wait a minute, what is this about?" It went from being about rape to an Aziz Ansari. You know, I think there was uh, just something to the outside world where you know by the time they're accusing uh, you know this like brown Indian guy. Um, I do think that that be- presents an opportunity for people, uh, let's say conservatives or right wingers, to um, sort of cr- use that as a jump the shark moment to, to sort of crush the, you know, to crush it 
uh, to say, like, look how ridiculous this has become. And I don't know if any, this is thing that is going to see the light of day. It probably is, it, it probably is not going to get circulated very much. I don't think people are interested in this, but uh, and we're probably doing them a huge favor just by talking about it. I was going to say, um, like, I, I was a little conflicted. Yeah. But should we even, nah, you know, because I don't I, I think this. the more people see it, the more damage it does to them. You know, yeah. it's just it's totally fun. ridiculous. We, we, you know, it's like a, it's an open lane. It's I mean, not con- it's not a convincing it, you know? document because, again, like I said, it's a sales pitch and no one's really buying these services. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that. I agree with you. By the time you know we, you know we start the the Asian American um, lunch table starts using words like disinformation. Information is about power. It's about you know suppressing problematic narratives. It's about uh, you know controlling the narrative and stuff like that. And it's about surveilling social media. You know, it's like. Oh man, even those motherfuckers are talking about it now. I think if you really pay attention to the mainstream narrative about this, it has moved way past all of this. You know, I think that it's out in the open now that social media uh, uh, and online surveillance is a real problem. That these that these um, that these groups that seek to uh, you know set the agenda within the media within the media. Uh, mainstream media are a problem. The fact that we have these organizations that are working or hope to work with political parties um, to help shape media narratives for them, i.e. being arms of propaganda, is a problem. Like people, everyone knows this, except for apparently, you know, these hopefuls that are like, hey, are we ever going to get our chance to be <laughs> sellouts? And, you know, are we ever going to get our our chance to to to, to you know, be compradors? Can, yeah. can we can yeah. we address what my tweet was actually about? I mean, they they screenshotted yes, it and they it. lumped it in with uh, some other random, random stuff. It, it basically because it had the word Boba Lib in it, it got lumped into this grouping of uh, of of tweets or Reddit posts or whatever. But it I find it interesting that they even chose they they could have picked any of my any of my tweets that actually address the Asian American gender dynamic or actually talk about Asian men or the you know Asian men uh, versus Asian women, Asian American men versus Asian American women. I talk about that quite a lot because I, I find it an interesting topic. It's an interesting dynamic in our community. But for some reason, they decided to pick a tweet that of me calling out Frankie Huang, which, you know, Frankie... The beloved Frankie Huang. Beloved Frankie Huang, you know, she'll never change. Um, and and I'm just screenshotting the tweets where she essentially um, took the Buffalo shooting, which was uh, a, you know, white supremacist guy with a gun went into a grocery store of predominantly black people and, and shot and killed, um, you know, several, it was, it was a, another mass shooting done by a um, white guy with a gun. And then she tweets about it and says, we can't pretend that the anti-blackness in our Asian communities d- didn't contribute to, to this event. Basically just, throwing she said that yeah yep that's that's word for word word for word we can't (laughs) pretend that this didn't have something to do with the the asian asians and how anti-black they are and so i i went and you know scrolled through and just brought in some other tweets where she essentially um talks about asian uh masculinity being toxic asian men asian men's bullshit um the reason why I don't date Asian men is because of what the things I've seen, uh, Chinese misogyny, etc. And I said, well, looks like somebody who openly hates her own people are now blaming them uh, somehow for this uh, white on black crime. That's some boba lib <laughs> bullshit, right? Um, and <laughs> I guess that really got under someone's skin. Um, and because I called that out, you know, the contradiction of somebody who really has a bias against their own community and then is still willing to speak on behalf of their own community and throw them under the bus for something that is completely unrelated, which I found to be very just senseless and disgusting. And for that, I'm apparently a misogynist and a men's rights Asian, which makes perfect uh, sense. Pix, you, you get under the skin because you not only are you a woman – 
you're like mixed race, you're you're a queer. They can't just label you like me or teen. You know, just like oh, probably some you know disgusting straight second generation pathetic Asian American guy, uh, and that's probably why they they want to destroy you. Yeah. So you said they, I, I they can't just they can't honor. just um, you know brush over me with that label, and yet they did. I, I'm an MR Asian, guys. I'm I'm an angry misogynistic Asian American man, like just well, well that that's why they got to neutralize you before <laughs> before you, you get you get too big or, or something i don't know something like that uh but wow I, yeah i i actually didn't really look at what your tweet was about i just saw i just knew that you were i didn't realize you were <laughs> you were uh quote tw- well, you weren't quote tweeting but you were screenshotting uh frankie huang which have you ever read her piece for zora mag uh which is, is like a terrible publication oh yeah uh, but oh yeah but the, the one where where like so COVID happens and and the thing she writes about is how she had to like spend time with her white in-laws and they I read the piece they seem like very pleasant people I don't know what her problem was so if I were her I would just enjoy being uh, cooped up with what seemed like pleasant generous people with a big house but she had to make it all about this like internal melodrama about how oppressed she was I don't know that they gave her a nice grapefruit every morning I don't know (laughs) It was an internal monologue where she she had this conflict where she felt like um, um, like an outsider, like she did she didn't belong. Not only did, did she not belong, but she was undeserving of this of this nice white family's love because she was like a oh god I'm trying to remember because I read I read this piece. It was like a, mm-hmm. a you know a cuckoo bird inside a. Um, inside a sparrow's nest or something like that, like an intruder, you know, uh, with clearly like referring to the fact that she's of a different race, um, than her in-laws, you know, and her, her kind of adopted family. And it's, it, it kind of described how she was doting on them, you know, quickly cleaning up after them, doing the dishes and, you know, making the bed and still felt like she was, um, not unwelcome, like it, it seemed like they treated her just fine, but it was just her internal conflict of feeling like she didn't deserve to be there. And I actually felt kind of bad for her. Like as I was reading, I was like, wow, like you have some issues you need to sort out. Like there's clearly a racial component to this and there's cl- clearly a component, some sort of a, you know, self inferiority or, a you know, a sense of, a, of self self hate a little bit. Um, and this, you know, consciousness of being a, you know, an Asian, Asian female, um, in this environment. And, and I, I think that that's something to definitely unpack. Like, I think that's an experience that, um, a lot of, a lot of folks have, you know, I think it's a common experience of Asia, an Asian diaspora within the Western world. You know, it's, it, let's, let's be real. Like America is 60% white and, uh, like 6% East Asian, right? It's, we're a minority within a minority. And it's, but it's just the, it's just the notion that she takes this and then turns around and then wants to speak on behalf of the Asian American community that she clearly doesn't feel that she's really a part of. Um, But she's perfectly fine, broad brush painting all of us as racist, uh, misogynistic, or what have you. Oh, yeah. Um, Whenever she she gets upset, or she starts feeling uh, conscious about it, it honestly it was probably reading that the uh, the killer, the Buffalo shooter in his manifesto, um, if and if you guys recall um, in that they always write a manifesto in the manifesto. He calls out um, East Asians and and says he admires their culture, which, you know, judging from the context, it probably just means he watched the anime or something like that and idolized, uh, <laughs> you, know, ju- you know, whatever he saw there. But the mention of. You know, this white, obvious white supremacist, horrible person um, saying he admired East Asians probably triggered some kind of racial self-consciousness within her and uh, caused her to want to just reflexively other, which I think happens a lot whenever, you know, like bobo liberals see something that makes them feel extremely self-conscious and if it's a, if it's any any kind of you know call out or tie in between um 
Asians and anything problematic, they reflexively want to, you know, cover it up or get in front of it to say, hey, wait, 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 because they feel like it's about them. They feel like it's a statement on them and it and their sense of identity is so fragile that they feel like even that small thing could lead people to kind of point the finger at them and they by no means want to be uh, visible like that. So they're both upset that they're, they've been suddenly made visible in their eyes and they want to get ahead of it and be seen as a good person uh, or a good ally. And so thus, she she makes this tweet uh, completely unnecessarily tying um, Asian misogyny or Asian anti-Blackness, whatever that means, um, to the the Buffalo Killer. And I just found it unacceptable. I, I don't I hate whenever I see things like this that are completely throwing the community under the bus. And I, I always say something about it. And 90 percent of my Twitter is me just speaking my mind and kind of going off whenever I see uh, things like this and I have to comment on it. And it's, it's really weird that they, they found that significant enough to want to take a screenshot and, and say that I'm an incel or something for it. It's just really weird. I think cause you got under their skin. <laughs> I do. I do. And I, and, and this is a series of like people like tweets getting under people's skin. Like whoever this Chris Evans guy that he, she quote tweeted, I mean, this is uh, not Cap- what not his, not his handle Chris is Evans. not Captain America. Not Captain yeah. America. He, his handle is actually not Captain America. <laughs> but whoever this guy is says, you know, regarding the Buffalo Killer, he says he likes East Asians and thinks they're admirable. He worries about them being replaced by blacks. So there's a great replacement theory thing going on and non-white Hispanics as well. He believes whites and East Asians should rule the world side <laughs> by side, but separately as close friends, but never lovers. <laughs> Frankie Huang hates this tweet. And says guys like him are the sim- are a symptom, not the cause. And there are, in fact, things that we as the Asians being so grossly idealized can do about this foul romanticization of a dehumanizing model minority myth. And I agree with her. But the thing is, why does this bother her so much? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe is she surrounded by people like this? Is she? Are there like white in-laws that talk like this around her and make her feel creepy? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is maybe like a Frankie problem where is she maybe too adjacent? <laughs> to white people who actually say shit like this because i have heard white people say stuff like that and yeah it's creepy and i don't like it but the thing is i don't surround myself with that so it doesn't really get under my skin i'm just like oh yeah i kind of know about that but this seems to really set her off i'm not saying i'm not i'm just speculating but i'm saying like i do think that uh that that the the need that there is a real psychological horror <laughs> to um, what this guy was is talking about that really set her off and it's got to be because of something like proximity and recognition of the truth, some of the truth in that. And, 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 and then, but it's always deflected and, and sort of, I don't know, for some reason, she doesn't want to just hold them accountable for it. She wants to deflect it and say it's actually the, all the Chinese men. So I think another one of the tweets that you quote tweeted here, uh, picks was also Frankie Huang. As a Chinese woman, I can speak on the misogyny of Chinese men with great authority. <laughs> sorry, not sorry for talking trash about your favorite Chinese dissident uncles. But to them, I'm subhuman and I don't owe them my respect. My Chinese uncles don't know who she is. So I don't know what <laughs> this was a very odd tweet, you know, that just was just just like your Chinese uncles. They hate me. And I'm like, man, what? Who are her? this is so psychological. And this is at the core of this entire thing. They, they're saying that they're trying to fight disinformation, which is essentially, you know, thing, statements exactly like the ones they like to make all day long, which is, you know, broad brush painting Asian men or Chinese men or all Asian American men or what have you with this uniquely misogynist label and, and really racializing misogyny for no apparent reason. Uh, with no sources given except for, you know, trust me, bro, I grew up in this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, uh, Pix, uh, in, in your, like, wonderful rant that, that you went on uh, just recently, I, I really appreciated it. And and you brought up this thing that, that is so encapsulates my just loathing of these people. It's not that, you know, Frankie Huang gets to live in a nice I don't know, mansion or something with her white in-laws. I'm like, hey, if that's what you wanted and you achieved it, good for you. You know, it's that 
they can't be happy with that. You know, they gotta, they know, and Tin, you brought us up too. I, I, they know that there's, there's like, I don't know, they, they kind of either they took the easy way out or they, they, they weren't, they're not as strong as they wish they, they see themselves as. So now they got to take it out on the rest of everyone and they got to make everything about the, the little petty discomforts they have in their otherwise uh, comparatively lux- luxurious lives. And they got to make that uh, the, the essence of Asian America. Right. We all have to revolve around their little inconveniences about their otherwise perfectly, probably perfectly fine um, predominantly white social circles. Uh, Wes Yang, who was another person who was a screenshotter here, he said something that, I mean, we all have our issues with, with Wes Yang, but this quote is, uh, this tweet is spot on. To be a woke Asian is to be deeply invested in one, justifying systematic discrimination against oneself and the things that matter, like public safety and college admissions, and two, flying into a frenzy over things that don't, like mispronouncing one's name. And I know they put that there because that really got under their skin because they know, he called their number on that one where... Um, they made him look good. It's, I don't know about you, but I read, I was like, <laughs> I agree with them. <laughs> Maybe got like, like another yes, thousand followers. And, and that's, I, that's saying a lot because I, I think Wes Yang's a fucking moron. <laughs> So to, I disagree uh, with ninety percent of what he says. I think he's like yeah, un- he's unhinged. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they made him look they like he's the, 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 the adult in the room. Took his best tweet in West Yang. Yeah, I, um, I and yeah, and and they go over like, all these people who was listening to acknowledgments. I guarantee you, at least ninety percent of them went to either an Ivy League school or the equivalent, like you know, same same thing, and. They, they have that guilt, so they got to go extra hard on saying, you know what, it's okay if, if like Harvard or Stuyvesant or Lowell uh, just says, you know what, you're Asian, we just don't want you. That's okay, because they have their own like internal guilt about the fact that, you know, they have their Princeton degree, they live in like like Brooklyn Heights or... I don't know what's like the equivalent in San Francisco, like like the Mission, whatever. Fuck San Francisco, but that's all I know about it. Or whatever, like the nice neighborhoods are in in you know, the metropolitan areas of America. They you know they have their white social circles and all that. Uh, they feel bad about it, so so they gotta they gotta compensate by just going gung ho on you know as Wes Yang that's, pointed that's out, the other uh, just justifying systematic discrimination against themselves, right? Yeah, all, all of the all of these people, and and it's predominantly you know these sort of upper middle class Asian American women in, in media and journalism. They're they have uh, mostly you know paired up with white men. I'm sorry, but it's true. Um, and they live very comfortable lives, very insulated lives. Uh, they it doesn't look anything like the lives of the. Um, of the Asian American communities that are being targeted by all of this racial violence. So there's a stark contrast here. There's a, there's a divide. Um, and I, I don't think they even want not acknowledge it or want to acknowledge it. And it kind of goes into what I, I do want to call out. I wanted to get the chance to call out before we ended this podcast, which is probably the, oh, no, we, we, uh, j- we can go for a while. I, I do want to, make this a two-parter if possible because i think we have a lot to say so we there's a lot, a lot to yeah fix. i mean there's just to. so many things here honestly like...